Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hello, and thanks for joining us today in the episode of Educator Essentials, the podcast where we talk about success stories, best practices, and strategies for faculty preceptors and those involved in education of the pharmacy workforce. My name is Brooke Barlow, and I am a neurocritical care pharmacist at the University of Florida Shands Hospital in Gainesville, Florida. I am also an active member of the ASHP New Practitioners Forum. Today, I am truly honored and thrilled to be here speaking with Dr. Puya Amelie and Allison Moriarty as the founders and creators of the Mediators Program, an innovative virtual shadowing program for pre-health students at the University of Florida. As a brief introduction, Dr. Puya Amelie is a neurointensivist at the University of Florida Shands Hospital and has a shared faculty role as an assistant professor of neurology and neurosurgery at the University of Florida College of Medicine. Allison Moriarty graduated from the University of Florida with a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology and also serves as a director of the Medigators program. As a participant in the Medigators program, I can truly speak to the value and success of this program. And I am so honored to be here today to speak with Allison and Dr. Amelie. Thanks again to you both for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So to kick off the discussion, Dr. Amelie, could you describe the Medigators virtual shadowing program for our listeners? And what was your role within the program? Thanks, Brooke. So the Medigators program was actually born out of the difficulties that a lot of undergraduate students experience as a result of the pandemic. When the pandemic first began um, at the University of Florida, the opportunities for shadowing for undergraduate students actually went away. Um, The hospital wasn't allowing any non-essential staff to be present. And as a result, the opportunities to meet the shadowing hours uh, required for these undergraduate students suddenly wasn't there. So myself and a lot of my colleagues were getting tons of emails from undergraduate students seeking not only to learn more about our careers, but also to meet these requirements in order to apply to professional school. I think Allison was having uh, similar experiences on the other side, looking at it from the student perspective, trying to seek shadowing hours herself and also interacting with a lot of other students who were having similar problems. She came to me with the idea of creating a virtual shadowing program. You know, at the time, everything was kind of transitioning to virtual and with virtual classrooms and virtual uh, programs of various sorts, it kind of made sense to try to achieve this as a virtual substitute. Um, When we initially created it, we just had uh, about 20 speakers uh, talking about various careers within healthcare. Um, And then since then, it's kind of grown uh, quite a bit to 40 speakers uh, per semester. Uh, We do it every semester, fall, spring, and summer at the University of Florida. The program seeks to help undergraduate students um, gain exposure to different healthcare professions with the intent to give them a broad overview of healthcare, uh, whether they're undecided um, or 
were certain about their career path. I think this is helpful for a lot of these undergrads to, to get this exposure and really understand what goes on in the healthcare world. Um, our hope is that ultimately this Medigators program will become a conduit uh, for a lot of these students to get more involved in healthcare and find mentorship uh, so that they can continue their path towards their career of choice. Uh, that's truly incredible. You know, while a lot of lectures and classes have has gone virtual, you never imagine a virtual shadowing program. So what a unique experience for students. So now kind of going to Allison, you know, I know uh, we kind of heard from Dr. Amelie's perspective, but from your perspective, what sparked your interest in creating this program? So being an undergraduate student back in August of 2020, when we were coming to create this program, of course, I experienced that firsthand lack of shadowing opportunities available. And I was a senior undergraduate student at the time. So I was looking for those experiences. I was looking to learn more about the different specialties in healthcare before I decided on one for myself. And I knew that all of my pre-health friends, specifically pre-med friends, were also in the same boat. And so, yeah, that's kind of how the whole idea of needing some alternative came about. And then as far as the virtual aspect of it, all of our lectures were virtual and everything was run through Zoom. Thankfully, the University of Florida provided that platform of Zoom to all of the students here. And so we figured that was a great resource for us to continue pushing other things into that virtual format with Zoom. And so that's how the virtual Medigators virtual shadowing program came about. Yeah. So originally the program, I think that we were, we were envisioning was something focused primarily on medical school and people seeking to become a physician. We actually were, were able to do a need survey uh, before we began the program. And we were able to survey about 550-ish undergrads participating in either a pre-health listserv at the University of Florida or in social media groups um, at the University of Florida focused on pre-health and kind of uh, advice that way. Uh, as a result of this, we realized that regardless of their career goals, whether people were trying to become physicians or pharmacists or nurses or dentists, what have you, a lot of them were actually in a position where they called themselves pre-health, but actually had not really interacted with a healthcare worker. So roughly 40% uh, of the students that responded to the survey said that they were pre-health and they had interacted with a healthcare worker. So the majority had not actually had a really great opportunity to see uh, in action what the career that they were pursuing actually looked like. Uh, and so we realized that potentially a lot of these students may ultimately end up being people who kind of got, as they got closer to the, to the career, realized that maybe this isn't for them. And I kind of thought back, uh, me personally, to my own undergraduate experience, uh, which I, you know, I actually also graduated undergrad from the University of Florida uh, quite a bit ago. And I remember having undergraduate uh, classmates who, you know, were pre-med or pre-pharmacy through most of undergrad. And then suddenly as we approached third and fourth year and it came time to apply, 
they were questioning their career path and kind of trying to scramble to figure out what to do. And unfortunately, at that point, you've, you've put so much time and effort into pursuing a certain career path or sort of fixating on a certain career path, I guess, that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that that time couldn't have, have been spent on something that ultimately would have been more fruitful for them. So part of the, the idea behind Medigators was to try to avoid that situation as much as possible and give students an opportunity to really figure out what they want to do with their lives as early as possible so that they can utilize all of the resources that they're given uh, at college, at, especially at the, I guess at the University of Florida here, uh, in order to really figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say as a speaker myself and listening into some of the other, you know, videos that have been posted, it's been really interesting to see how a lot of people may meet the skill, go into the same profession, but their paths are so different. You know what I mean? And so having students really learn about how you are a pharmacist, but my experience in becoming a pharmacist may be very different than the MICU or the pediatric pharmacist, et cetera. And same thing with, you know, physicians. So that was very enlightening to me. Yeah, 100%. That is uh, one of the big keys that I think uh, we also try to, to communicate with the students is that I think a lot of times in undergrad, um, especially if you're pre-health, there's a lot of anxiety kind of uh, just floating around uh, and being shared among all the students and um, maybe a lot of hearsay where people think like this is what they're looking for and this is how you have to do this and this is how you have to do that. And I think the reality of it from from people who are actually in the profession is that it's a lot less rigid than Mm -hmm. the perception often is. And so... I think that's one of the key things that we try to communicate is that it's okay to have your own path and kind of get there when you get there. Uh, And I think giving students that freedom to really explore and get to know uh, different career paths is really going to ultimately lead to them seeking the career that really suits them best and succeeding in it. Yeah, absolutely. So to follow up on that, Dr. Amelie, how has the development of this program improved engagement in the various healthcare professions offered at the University of Florida? Yeah, so the University of Florida is a very large state university, right? So it's, quote unquote, the flagship university of the uh, third most populous state in the United States. And so quite a large number of students attend, um, roughly 6,500 to 7,000 students get admitted to the University of Florida each year. Of those students, uh, upon matriculation to undergrad, uh, a lot of those, about 45% of them, excuse me, among those students, um, about 45% um, say that they're pre-health when they uh, come to the University of Florida for their undergraduate studies. And that number actually grows. So roughly 3,100 students show up as pre-health and ultimately, uh, about 3,500-ish uh, end up applying to pre-health uh, or, excuse me, profession, health profession schools. And so we have a large, large number of students here that are interested in health careers. Despite that, uh, the data from our pre-health office shows that in 2019, we had roughly 750 students participating in pre-health shadowing. Um, and so... 3,500 students per year times four years, you can kind of see very quickly that there's really a small number of students relative to the population actually participating in shadowing, which I think is unfortunate because shadowing is often the gateway to 
mentorship and guidance and um, helping you to decide which career path is best for you. And so as a result of our program uh, becoming virtual, I think we've dramatically increased the access to shadowing. So our last semester, uh, which is uh, at this point, the spring of 2022, so the current uh, semester, we are actually serving roughly 1650 students, well, 1,650 students. So we have more than doubled uh, in one semester, the number of students that were able to access shadowing that um, compared to what the University of Florida did in the entire year of 2019. That's truly incredible. So how do you feel as if the development or implementation of the Medigator program has helped to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion within healthcare? Yeah, that's actually um, something that kind of goes right along with what I was just talking about. Um, in terms of um, you know, if you if you sit down and think of reasons uh, as to why Medigators would have so dramatically increased the number of students who are able to participate in shadowing, I think it boils down to you know a number of things. Um, the most obvious ones are you know if you're shadowing one on one or in, in person, which um, is typically one on one, right? Very rarely can physicians uh, accommodate two, three, four students the capacity for shadowing is much less, right? So only so many students can be present in a clinic or in a, on an inpatient service uh, at any given time. And so what we've done by making it virtual is we take one um, provider uh, or one healthcare professional of any sort, and we allow them to present to over a thousand students all at the same time. And they can all hear this advice and get this insight all at the same time. So I think there's that. Um, but also, I think we've also decreased the, the barriers to actually getting involved in healthcare. Something that we've been looking into uh, a little bit more specifically at the University of Florida is um, trying to discern exactly what barriers um, students from uh, underrepresented backgrounds are experiencing in terms of their, their opportunities to pursue health careers. And a lot of uh, the feedback that we've gotten so far uh, centers around guidance, really just not knowing how to get involved in shadowing, not knowing who to ask for questions, not knowing where to go to, to learn more about particular careers, other conflicting obligations. So some students have children that they're responsible for, have family members who, who uh, depend on them to care for them or support them in some way. Um, a lot of these students have jobs that they have to work and so they can't necessarily make themselves available at any given time for uh, a healthcare professional that, that might want them to, to come shadow. And that makes it a difficult situation for them because kind of one of the, the unspoken rules of shadowing is that if somebody is taking time out of their busy schedule to have you come by and, and shadow them, then it's sort of your job to, to make yourself available. And unfortunately, not every student can do that. Absolutely, so expanding access and then also breaking down the barriers um, to help students you know, find the career that they wanna get involved in. So that, that's truly awesome. So Allison, um, as a student and you know, as kind of the creator of this program, what strategies do you utilize to help promote engagement? Uh, including to both students and participating faculty? Yeah, so 
the first semester of the program was much different than it is now as far as how we do outreach to both students and faculty. In the first semester of the program, we didn't have any rapport. Students didn't really know who we were or even that virtual shadowing existed uh, in general and let alone on their own campus at the University of Florida. And so with that, we did mostly social media outreach. It was also in the middle of the pandemic at the time. So no students were really on campus and we figured we'd reach them where they're most likely to be, which of course is social media for most college students. So a lot of our outreach was done through Instagram, through Facebook and through Twitter, and also through email listservs, through the pre-health advising office. For speakers that first semester, it was mainly word of mouth. Again, people didn't know who we were as a program. And of course that has changed now, thankfully, after doing this for what, five, six semesters. And so now it's word of mouth, mainly among healthcare professionals themselves, rather than us reaching out to them. So I have had people reach out to me asking when they can be a speaker in the program. Um, Still, it is a lot of emails back and forth, but we've been pretty successful with creating a strong network of individuals who are open to mentoring the undergraduate students in the program. And then a strong network of undergraduate students who tell their friends about this opportunity. And so it's kind of building that uh, outreach and that engagement on its own at this point, whereas so it's less work on our team's end for that. Yeah, absolutely. I will put a plug in for the Medigators Twitter handle at Medigators because they do have an awesome page and you're able to kind of follow along with all the successes of the program. So would highly recommend the follow there. And uh, kind of moving on, I can imagine that you both have experienced quite some challenges in developing this program and even implementing it, you know, kind of we talked about getting the word of mouth around. So what are some strategies you employed to really overcome some of these challenges you experienced? Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you're trying to build something fairly novel like this, I think it's natural to, to encounter some challenges along the way. One of the smartest things I think we did was actually that needs assessment that I mentioned earlier. I think it really gave us a lot of perspective on what the University of Florida undergraduate students were really lacking and kind of inspired us to to figure out ways where we might be able to meet those needs. So that I think is something that I would recommend for anybody who's considering creating a similar program. The other part of of this program that I think is, is somewhat unique is that we as a program do not want to necessarily um, represent or promote any given pathway. We more so want to be an opportunity for undergraduate students to learn more about the various health professional careers and have the opportunity to decide, you know, or uh, decide which one is, is best for them and then eventually uh, lead into pathways where they might learn more about pursuing those particular careers. And so you can imagine uh, as we've grown this program and tried to uh, find support within our university, figuring out where exactly we're going to house the program uh, just from like an administrative level has actually been somewhat challenging. Um, Originally we thought, you know, because I guess I'm I'm a physician, the natural thought for me 
initially was actually to house it in the College of Medicine before I realized that, you know, by housing it in the College of Medicine, we'd potentially be alienating the, you know, School of Pharmacy, the PA school, uh, School of Nursing, PTOT, speech and language pathology, and all these uh, amazing professions that I think students should definitely hear more about. And so figuring out exactly where to house this program and how to uh, structure it uh, within the, the organization of the university as a whole has actually been kind of a, a more of a creative process than you would expect. Yeah, absolutely. And so kind of moving forward and thinking on a bigger scale, implementing some similar ideas of the virtual shadowing program that you have created with Medicators to a college of pharmacy. Do you think this could be adapted? Because I know as a pharmacist myself coming into pharmacy, I only thought about retail pharmacy. And then I learned pretty quickly about the role of a clinical pharmacist, you know, kind of where I practice now within the neurointensive care unit. So what are some ways you feel like this could be implemented uh, within different colleges of pharmacy? And then maybe what tips or advice do you have for other institutions interested in implementing a similar program? So I will start with saying, Brooke, I 100% agree with you. Uh, Pharmacy is probably one of the more underappreciated fields uh, within medicine. That's something that I've I think I personally um, didn't appreciate as an undergrad, and that's something I've seen in the students who participate in Medigators, is that they don't necessarily have a great idea in terms of all that pharmacists can do and all that pharmacists contribute to our healthcare system. Um, Most of what they know is what they've seen, which is, you know, retail pharmacists in the grocery store, at the drugstore, and so on and so forth. I think that the opportunity here for pharmacy Um, as a field in the College of Pharmacy here at the University of Florida is to really make people aware of all that a pharmacist can do uh, within healthcare, you know, be it obviously the retail pharmacy, which is, um, you know, I think for some people a desirable pathway, but also the clinical pharmacists, tons of pharmacists who research. uh, And I think you probably know even better than me all the the pathways that, uh, that a pharmacist can take. But I think really making people aware of all of those options is is the key. And I would encourage anyone who's seeking to make uh, a program that's similar to ours to structure it in a way so that you're not necessarily promoting a particular career path, but more giving students an opportunity to really learn and ask questions and hopefully figure out what they wanna do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say, you know, the second slide in my presentation as a Medicaid speaker was all about, you know, how retail pharmacy is around 50% of the pharmacy workforce, but then kind of taking the next step into that and saying, well, where does everybody else work? And there's nuclear medicine, or there's a medical science liaison, the inpatient clinical pharmacist. I mean, there's just so much, even just me creating the presentation, I learned more about how many different areas for pharmacists there were. So I think learning that you're exactly right early on to help people kind of create what their career path looks like throughout their college of pharmacy experience would be truly an an exceptional experience for those students. So it's um, definitely wonderful. So then Allison, what tips or advice would you give to other institutions regarding implementation of this program? Yeah. So something that we learned as a program after about one to two semesters was that whole diversity, equity, and inclusion component of it. Us taking time to learn that I think is valuable for other institutions who might want to create something similar. 
is that you can go into this knowing that a virtual platform for shadowing does improve access to people who are underrepresented in medicine and healthcare. And so that's a great start for other groups looking to start something like this. In addition to that, Dr. Amelie might be able to contribute a little bit more towards this side of it, but becoming an official program on campus is a little bit challenging and we're still in the process of getting that figured out and again, where we're gonna be housed at the University of Florida to ensure that all of the professionals are represented properly and that students have the most access to, to these professionals. So I guess those are the main challenges now, but with a virtual program, it's somewhat easy to find additional resources that you can build on top of what you already have. And so in that case, thankfully, with resources that the University of Florida offers, we haven't found that as challenging as it might be at other institutions who don't offer similar resources. But Dr. Amelie, if you want to touch again on that administration side of the program? Yeah, I would, I would 100% agree with Allison in that the startup costs for uh, a virtual program like this are actually pretty low. Uh, now that um, virtual meeting software, uh, whether it's Zoom or Skype or you know Teams or what have you, um, are pretty much omnipresent at this point. Um, I think everyone's gotten used to them. Everybody's comfortable with virtual meeting software. And we, as long as you have it, um, I think you're at your institution, which most places do, then I think actually getting started is not that hard. For us, really um, sh selling this program and showing the, the value of the program came through how many students um, were participating. So our, our first semester, uh, we actually had somewhere around 350 students sign up. Um, and the standard Zoom that we're given through the University of Florida actually accommodates roughly 300 students. So we sort of assumed that not everybody would come to, to every lecture. And, and so we allowed 350 and it, and it ended up working out for the most part. There were some sessions where we got pretty close and I, uh, maybe there were some people who couldn't get into the session. Um, our second semester, we were figuring out how to expand our Zoom access and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, a large Zoom account is actually quite expensive, thousands of dollars um, per year. And so while we're figuring that out, we figured we'd just do another semester similar to the one that we had previously done. We opened up the registration portal and kind of an attestation to uh, Allison's comment earlier about how word of mouth is really quite powerful. Um, seems like the students had, had really talked to each other quite a bit. And so within the first 45 seconds of us uh, opening up the registration, we had almost 700 students register and we had to scramble to shut down registration again because we had no idea how we were going to accommodate those students or how we were going to select which students would be allowed to participate in the program. So... We shut it down and because we had shown this need, ended up having hard data that we could show to administrators at the university to help us uh, garner some additional resources that allowed us to accommodate more students. Um, so now we actually not only uh, offer the sessions live, 
uh, via Zoom, but we overflow into um, a different program called MediaSite that allows for our additional students up into the thousands to, to participate in each session. And every session is actually recorded. Uh, and so students can get quote unquote credit for attending a session live or in a, in a dis, uh, asynchronous fashion. So kind of on their own time, which I think actually helps um, students who couldn't participate in shadowing because of uh, obligations that prevent them from doing kind of shadowing activities during the day. And so uh, I think in a lot of different ways, um, us really garnering the attention uh, of the undergraduate student population here has, has really helped us in terms of showing the value of the program. And um, it kind of came naturally. So I think anybody else who, who wants to create a program like this, you know, once you do the initial semester, as long as you're, you're creating significant value, which I think it's hard not to, because uh, these, are, these are undergraduates who are, you know, especially during this pandemic, starving for an opportunity to interact with someone who does a career that they're interested in. It, it really just kind of grows naturally. And it's, it's not that difficult to show that this is uh, an incredibly powerful way of, of getting students engaged in the pre-health pipeline, as we say. Yeah, absolutely. When you say word of mouth spreads, and I was, I was really happy to be able to share my experience with the ASHP New Practitioners Forum and get you guys on today's podcast to share about this like truly amazing uh, virtual shadowing program. And you guys have a website, right? I would love to, you know, kind of provide that to people because that's where I was able to learn about so many professions that I even work with every day. I mean, I just love those videos. So um, maybe we can include that in the show notes for today's podcast. And I want to thank you both so very much, Dr. Amelie and Allison, for joining us to discuss this Medigators virtual shadowing program. We really look forward to seeing the continued successes and hope to extend a similar uh, initiative to the pharmacy profession. Yeah, and I, and I would like to make myself available to anyone anywhere who's interested in building a program. I'm happy to talk about my experience and um, kind of help you build this program. Or, you know, alternatively, if you have a great idea or some advice for us, uh, we're totally open to that as well. Awesome. Thank you both again. And for the audience, this has been just one of some of the excellent educational offerings by ASHP. And I encourage you to check out some of the other ASHP educator resources. You can find member-exclusive offerings such as the Preceptor Toolkit and the Research Resource Center online at ashp.org. Thanks again for tuning in for this session of Educator Essentials, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.